You're listening to the Marathon Church Podcast. We exist to build communities that love Jesus, love people, and live on purpose. To learn more about Marathon Church, visit marathonchurch.org. We hope that this encourages you and builds your faith. Enjoy this week's message. Oh my goodness, all I've seen running around is our kids, you know, like screaming and hollering. And when's school going back? Soon, not soon enough? Not soon enough? Well, tomorrow would be good. That would be, yeah, I'll tell you right now. Listen, this has been interesting. Uh, everything has happened. I'm, I'll tell you some stuff that's going on that I used to do. I call it my journey getting to some, this is not unusual for me to like uh, love this kind of stuff, switching stuff up, changing stuff up. Uh, I'll tell you about blowing stuff up that I did in churches. I blew stuff up. It was bad. Uh, they didn't invite us back. So we didn't go back, that kind of thing. Uh, but anyway, we're, if I was going to get the title this one, it would be Never Give Up, Never Give In. That would be this title, that kind of, because I think, I don't know where you are, but there's a lot of mess happening. You know what I'm saying? It's like everything's just going crazy. Uh, America has been through this kind of thing, and we will come out on the other end of it better and bigger before. You need to know that. So it's going to happen. And I'm telling you right now, God has been watching all of this. Uh, we're going to talk about a little bit of that too, but God's been watching it. We're in the middle of it. Uh, I like Chase was telling you about 10,000 people. Now we're going to have to shoot our, you know, shoot for 15,000 more. You know, it's just amazing what's going on. Salvation has been happening every week. Uh, nobody likes a crisis. Nobody likes this virus. I certainly, you know, but I'll say this, if you're watching online, all our seats are full. So uh, that was good. <laughs> And they're spread out. So, you know, that was supposed to be a joke, but I don't think anybody got that. How does it feel to be around people? Is it weird? Are you okay? Yeah, it's, it's all right. Okay. So I knew it was kind of like we had to figure out how to talk again, you know, kind of thing and how to say, hey, you know, without texting it or looking online for it. But this is one of the things uh, we've been doing as Galatians and we've been talking about how this thing changed us. Galatians actually changed everything. And Paul was actually writing letters to churches that would be like us. And we're supposed to read them out loud. And that's what we've been doing. But they didn't understand what was going on. And in the middle of all these letters, a lot of the, everybody was kind of like messing it up. And that's not, we got it now though, we got it. So everybody was messing this Christianity thing up. And so Paul was writing these letters, trying to like tell them how to do it kind of correcting them. And in the middle of that, all these truths started coming out, things that we didn't think about. I mean, like last week we talked about, we'll talk about it again in a minute, like who's your daddy? I mean, who's, I mean, what was that? That was God trying to be dad. And that's just, uh, that's just unheard of coming out of the Old Testament into the New Testament. And that's what the problem was. We had a little mix going on. And now we have, we still have mix. You're in the, now, if you're watching online, we're in the Bible Belt. And we're deep in it, the Bible Belt, we're deep in it. And there's a mix of Old and New Testament, more New Testament now. And uh, what happens is they were taking the Old Testament stuff and they're trying to put it on the New Testament Christians. You know, you have to do this, you have to do that. Now, we do understand that nobody can keep the Ten Commandments. Has everybody figured that out yet? I think the church kind of like throws out, well, you need to obey the Ten Commandments. Well, nobody could, can do that. Nobody, could, no, not the disciples. Nobody could do that. Well, there was a reason why, and I'll tell you in a minute, but nobody could do it. So they started throwing these old things in on the new people. And then we had all the, then, then they couldn't keep the 10 commandments. So you know what smart people do? We write commandments we can keep. That's what we did. We made up our own stuff. 
Like, okay, you can't cook on Sunday. You can't walk on Sunday. You can't pick up sticks. There's 500 something laws around the 10 commandments. And they did that because they could do those. And if you didn't do all of those, then you weren't as good as me. And then we have this thing called the human experience. And I'm not as bad as you. You ever had that one? This is what goes on with religion. I'm not near as bad as you. I kept 493. And so this is how it went. And this is what Paul was getting into. This thing's going crazy. Back and forth, back and forth. And then we have this mix and we're in the Bible Belt now. Now, here's how it came down a little bit. Here's how it came down. We have what kind of clothing you wear. You remember this? This is not happening here, is it? I'm waving in the wind. Clothing was an issue. Uh, My mom said, now uh, don't run in church. God will get mad at you kind of thing. Uh, There was, I don't know what you were told. Couldn't cut grass on Sunday. I remember this. If you don't remember this, you're not as old as me. And so you couldn't cut grass. Mama had a fit because I played basketball on Sunday. I'm like, I'm trying to figure out. I never did get that one. Uh, You're supposed to rest. I think that's what it was. Supposed to rest. Certain things you couldn't do. Um, You couldn't go out to restaurants, but I think they changed that because it was a lot easier to do than cook. So that worked out really good. But there's certain things that we could not do that had nothing to do with any of what we've been talking about when it comes to the Galatians and what are your Christian experience. So you've got some religion mixed in with the relationship and it just messes us up. All of us are having a hard time with it. And then we end up in this place called the bad place. And this is why, this is why Jesus came by the way. So the whole thing was, a whole, I'll give you the whole thing in a nutshell. The Old Testament is one thing, all this stuff going on, one thing, I gotta get Jesus Christ to Bethlehem, whatever I gotta do. So God was pretty rough in the Old Testament on people. You know, keep the line pure. If you mess with my people, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you out. And he did, that's what happened. And then they didn't even pay attention. They didn't even pay attention. He was on people like, I don't need you. And they go into slavery and then they pull them out of slavery. Then they go over here and they go over there. And they're like, well, I need you. I don't need you. They kept going back and forth. And I don't really know why God puts up with us. It's gotta be love. It's gotta be like, cause we do the same thing. We're in, we're out, we're in, we're out. And then we have, the, then we have that rule thing. Did I make God happy today? Do you think you made God happy today? I don't, does it have any bearing whatsoever? if we showed up or didn't show up. Is that, how he, is that how he measures us? See, that's that religion. And then we got in the bad place and all of us have this sin thing. And then we got to figure that out because sin's got to have payment. Somebody's got to pay for it. So, and he decided he didn't want you to do it. Why didn't he want you to pay for it? You know why he did that? Because he loves you and he don't want to lose you. That's called this thing called grace given to you when you did not deserve. So he sends his son, Jesus Christ to make the payment. And you say, well, I don't think that's right. Well, you can pay for it if you want to. You can go to hell. That's how you pay for sin. But that isn't the way I want to do it. I said, I think I'll let him do it. Since he's the son of God and he came back to life, everything worked out pretty good. And I said, okay, then he's going to do something else in a minute. We'll get to that. This is how it works. Sin had payment. Jesus stepped in, paid the bill, and grace was born. Are y'all happy about that part? You should be very happy about this part right here. Oh my, he stepped in and took care of my bill. I don't know if you ever had anybody do that for you, like buy your dinner, you remember that? Like you get ready to pay, somebody's already paid for it. How'd you feel? You felt like, well, that's great. Or do you feel like I should have ordered more? Okay, I know, okay. That's what I'm saying. The 10 commandments could not be kept because 
It's not a human effort. God wanted you to understand that you can't do this. You can't pay for your sin and you can't get to heaven without somebody else. And that somebody else was Jesus Christ. And that's why you can't keep the commandments. You ever wondered about that? Because you go through the list. How many of you keep probably uh, eight of them? You're good? Eight? What's a good number? You want to go over that real quick? What's a good number on the Ten Commandments? Would you say half is good? Yes or no? The reason I'm doing this, I've never had anybody speak back. Cars do not speak back. Okay. Yes or no? Five good? It's like, it doesn't matter. You know what the Bible says? You break one, you might as well break them all. And you're like, oh, here we go. Oh, really? Okay. You didn't see that coming, did we? Human effort. Since I got you all stirred up, here we go. It's much better to see faces and headlights. It's really cool. For the person who keeps all the laws except one is guilty as the person who has broken all of God's law. So... What are you thinking? No, I just don't do any of them. Well, what the problem with that is? Well, you can go to jail for some of them. Okay, so there is a problem there. It's a cultural thing that you can't kill people and get away with that. Okay, so you don't, so I'm just saying, God understands. You know what's really amazing? That God understands that you can't do it without Jesus Christ. And that's why he sent his son. You understand how that worked? And why did he do that? Because he wants a relationship. He wants to be called your dad. That is the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen. It was so new. It was so new. It was in the New Testament because you come out of the Old Testament and it's all this reverence and all and, you know, and you, you crawl in to see God kind of thing on your knees. You crawl in. There's a church in Mexico that does this. On every Sunday, they go to church and they have to, wherever they live, they have to walk on their knees to get to church. And by the time you get there, everybody's bleeding as a trail of blood to the church to show that you is the reverence with God. And this really happens. And this is what was so hard for everybody is when God says, I don't want, I don't want you crawling on your knees. I don't, you don't have to spill any blood. My son's already done it. You do, I just want to have a relationship with you. I just want to be your daddy. God never wanted to be your religion. This is, this is something you have to get in your head because we, what do you do when you first accept Jesus Christ in your life? The church tells you, what do you got to do? You got to read your Bible, you got to pray, you got to go to church. And you, you have these, all these got to's, right? You have all these got to. What about the want to? So where did that come in? Where do, where do we want to do this? Where do we want to have a relationship? The want to started with God. I want a relationship, so I'm going to send my son. I'm going to crucify him instead of you. And then we're going to have, then you can call me dad. And then what we'll do at the end of that is we'll all, we'll just give you everything Jesus has. Do you understand what has happened? Did you understand what in, what in the world was God thinking to put up with us? And then he says, I, I love y'all. You don't have to earn nothing. You don't have to do nothing. I love you straight up the way you are. And then we have all these people, his religion comes in and says, I, gotta, I can't go to see God. I got to clean myself up. You can't clean yourself up. Only Jesus can clean you up. And this is what marathon, this is why we were born. Because we're going to love everyone that comes in the door because we know it ain't about what you've done, about your clothes, about your sin. And you want, as many of you want to tell me how many bad things you've done. I don't really need to know all that. Okay, you don't, I know you don't keep the Ten Commandments. All right, we got that. But Jesus Christ and God got together and they said, I want to be your daddy and everything Jesus has, I'm going to give to you. You're in the will. He's, and this, this is why you can't live like everybody else on earth. Do you understand? We'll talk about beaming you up, Scotty, in a minute. Watch this. 
Uh, you are the sons, uh, watch this, you're all sons of God and daughters. Don't leave the daughters out. That's all the same. Through faith in Christ Jesus, Galatians 3. Let me fix this mic, Brian. Hang on a minute. Okay, there we go. Galatians 3.26. So you're all, if you accept Jesus Christ, we're all in the family. Does that make sense? We're all in there. Now, this is, this is unbelievable that he would do this. It really is to have this kind of thought that I want to hang out with you. And you would think, well, I don't want, nobody, nobody wants to hang out with me. You know, they do. God does. God wants to hang out with you. This is why this COVID thing, keeping everybody away from each other is so hard because we're made for one another in relationships. It's very difficult. So God wanted to have a relationship. So he sent Jesus Christ. Here's the, here's the family business. I don't, know, I don't know how you see this. Let me tell you all this. I don't know how you see this God thing in your life or what you do. I don't know if you have a list, like a check, like off, I'm gonna serve, I'm gonna give. I mean, is there a checklist? I'm reading my Bible. Remember, we have, to, we have to have a got to, not a got to, but a want to somewhere. So we don't work for God. And that's, I don't. I don't work for God. We work with God. That's just the bottom line. I did, I'll tell you my journey in a minute, but we, I, did, I never got paid for anything I've been doing until I started Marathon. I worked in many, many churches. I never got paid. And it took almost six, eight months for them to convince me to actually stop working somewhere else and do Marathon because I just never got paid for it because it, it wasn't, I'm, that's not why I wanted to do it. I wanted to do it because I of the family. God, I wanted the family to get bigger. And this is what he's talking about. We are in the family business. And believe me, the, the staff has been working so hard for the family business, you would not believe what they have been put together. I've been amazed myself. It's been incredible. So why do you do what you do? It's called the family business. It really is. And Paul's gonna tell you something else in a minute. We're gonna, we're gonna beam you up, Scotty. You know what that is, Star Trek? You old enough to remember that? Okay, that's good. All right, here we go. Let's talk about that. I'm gonna show you. Now, if Paul talks about how he got where he got to, I'm gonna tell you how I got here and why I am your pastor. Will that work? Because, uh, you know, I can tell you all kinds of things and you know, God called me, well, yeah, he did, but it was a reason why. I was at a church in Easley and I met a guy named Lynn Harper. He's one of my best friends. And he came to me and he said, I want you to do anything you want to do to reach people. Now, I'm in a Baptist church. You understand what it just, just was said to me. I want you to do whatever you got to do to reach people. Now, the thought was, uh, I'm in the youth department and you can get away with a bunch of stuff in the youth, okay? So I I'd just try out stuff, you know, that kind of thing. So we decided to write dramas and do stuff. And then when we started going all over, all over the you know, south and churches and everything. So I had a, I wish I had a building like this, but I had an alien spaceship land on the stage. We created this whole thing. The door would drop, smoke would come out. It's kind of like the cone heads, if you ever seen those. And they walked down and they're looking for God. That was one of our first things we did. We did a lot of stuff like that. I'll tell you about Clemson in a minute. We didn't need to go back, by the way. So we had this thing called the champion. And this is what I was telling y'all. We had this thing called the champion and we do, and I would blow up stuff at the end. We had pyro inside the church. Now I wasn't in charge of the pyro, so I never knew how it was gonna go. Okay, so I had this other guy do it. So we came and went into this one church and we had all the pyro set up 
we had the smoke and the fog and the Jesus comes out of it. It's, a, it's really cool. Jesus raises out of the grave, smoke coming out of his sleeves and he hits, he raises his arm. And he goes, boom, now like that. But when it blew up, it burned all the carpet. And then we had something on the piano that went up. It burned the piano, grand piano, destroyed that, destroyed the carpet. So our reputation was, if you come to that church, you have to have the fire extinguishers on the front row. And we always did. We had them everywhere. There's no lie. So we would blow stuff up. That's how, that's how, kind of how it went. And then we did something really crazy that I could never do. I could never do this ever again in my life. I, but it really did work. <laughs> so now we heard the word terrorist in the 80s, early 80s, I think it was. So we decided we want to get a bunch of kids saved, okay? We want them to know God. If they're not going to pay attention to us, we're going to get their attention. So what we did, we had a, had a big meeting. Did everything normal, you know, singing, you know, preaching, whatever, everything normal. And then my brother and I got a couple other guys and we decided to dress up as terrorists. Now we're not done yet, okay? We took in real guns. We took out the, uh, the shotgun shells, took all the pellets out. You know what I'm talking about? Took all the pellets out. Now, we, now there is something that still comes out, which we were not aware of. It's called packing, okay? So here we go again. So we're at the end of the meeting. Terrorists are coming in from every door. I had 12 gauge shotguns and nine millimeters and some other things. Just, it's, it sounded like a cap gun. One of them did, but when that 12 gauge went off, the world had ended. So Brian walks in, my brother Brian, throwing him under the bus. He walks in and they started hollering something that sounds like Hebrew, you know, they don't know what they were doing. The, you, the kids turned around I'll never forget their faces, the horror. And the gun went off, bang, bang, bang. Blew ceiling tiles out in the church. <laughs> this was horrible, do not repeat this, okay? Could not get away with this now. And they start hollering, who's the Christians in this room? Who's the, and everybody is fell, they are all in the floor like a bunch of, they're laying on top of each other like this. And they're shaking, kids are crying. Now some of the adults we didn't tell, we should have told everybody. The adults are over in the corner, huddled up in a fetal position, like this. And so, oh my, I just never get, watch this. Does anybody wanna know Jesus Christ? The whole room got saved. <laughs> the whole room, there it was. You wanna get a bunch of people saved, you bring in the terrace and blow off the ceiling tiles, everybody finds Jesus. Do you know I didn't get in trouble for that? I didn't, they said do what I wanted to do, okay? And then Clemson University called. <laughs> and they said, would you come over here to our FCA? I'm going to do all these Clemson football players. Would you come over and do what you do at FCA? I got to hurry. So I go over there. And the first thing I asked, I said, I said, you know what we're doing? They said, we, we know what you do. We want you to bring it all. Bring it all. Blow it up. Bring it all. Okay. But there's one thing I didn't tell them. I had something in my back pocket. And now I'm going to mess them up. You know I love that stuff. Now you know why we do in church. Okay. This is perfect for me. Y'all perfect for me. So we get over to Clemson University. We're doing our thing. We're blowing stuff up, smoke going everywhere. And then I, we're almost done. We're almost done. And I roll in two caskets. Oh, look at y'all just did the same thing they did. They went, what? Now what's really cool is Brenda, Brian's wife was in one of them. Okay. And that's, she's gonna be the one coming back from hell. Okay. Oh, let me tell you, oh, I didn't tell you what we're doing. We're going to bring them back. 
We're going to bring Brenda back from hell and we're going to bring Julie back from heaven. You like that? Does that sound good? But let me tell you, when Brenda came back from hell, oh, the screaming and the yelling, and I did a whole drama. And then here's the, here's the kicker. Here's what just smashed them all up. And then I sent them back. <laughs> I like that. Y'all go, you go back to hell and you go back to heaven and messed Clemson University up. They had to get in their Bibles. They had to get in their book. They called, do not come back. Do not come. I said, I know I'm not coming back. I know that. I got that one. But you told me to mess it up and we dusted it up. So that's my journey. So when we do stuff like this and we do outside, inside, any, I don't care what, I don't care. I lo- this is what I love. Because why? It reaches people. You see what I'm talking about? This is why this is happening. We reach people. So that's the journey. Here, Paul figured it out. We got free. So we got free. So he had a code he lived by. He was basically, he was one of those guys that was beamed up, okay? He was beamed to heaven. Now, let me give you this real quick because we got a little bit. All right, if I were to beam you to heaven for about 20 minutes and then brought you back, what would, do, what would it do for you? How would you live your life now? How would you live your life? This is what Paul is gonna tell you right now. This is his freedom code of conduct. I have seen things, I have been there and y'all worried about the wrong stuff. That's what he's gonna tell them. Y'all worried about the wrong stuff. Now imagine 20 minutes in heaven. How about just 10 minutes in heaven? Here's what you'd be doing. Please do not send me back. Don't do it. I don't wanna go back. This is too good. But I'm telling you, when you had that experience and he had this experience with Jesus Christ and he called it that cross, it changed him. So now everything is a little different. So when he lived, when he lived on earth and when he walked on earth, he, after they beamed him back down, he's walking around telling, looking at everybody differently and saying, you guys, y'all gotta pay attention. Y'all living for the wrong stuff. And so this is what was happening. Now, this is Paul. He said, as for me, as for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? I just got beamed to heaven and you ain't gonna believe what's there. And the problem with that is, and the great thing about that is that we have everything Jesus has. We are, we are heir to that. Do you understand? We're in the will and everything he has, we have. So Paul was looking at, this is what I'm getting. And then they send him back, okay? Now he was really mad about that. Do y'all know this? Paul was really mad about being sent back. He was so mad. He was asking people to kill him. Did you know that? He threw himself in every situation he could die. Did you know this? And then finally God talked to him. He said, well, I guess I'll have to stay for you guys. That's what he said. He called us you people. He said, I'm gonna have to stay for y'all. Maybe it's better for a little while. But I'll tell you, when he went to heaven, he, he ran to get his head cut off. He was, he was run, come and get me now. Right now is a good time because I know what's waiting on me. This is what you got to get in your head while you live here. This is why Paul is saying this. He said, I don't boast about anything because I have seen what it's going to be. He said, but because of that cross, you see, this, this, is, this is personal. You see, because of that cross, not a cross, the cross, but that cross, that one, that one was mine. And he got on it for me. He said, because of that, my interest in this world has been crucified. I no longer want to do what I used to do. Imagine seeing heaven, coming back down and looking around and knowing where you're going. And the only interest that he had here was you and me. 
There was nothing else. Whatever he decided he wanted to do with his life, now his journey was he was a murderer coming into all this. You know that, right? And then Jesus went to the cross, that cross, and took him, took his sins for him after he did all he did. Now I have never, if you go through the scriptures, God didn't use anybody that was any good. Did you notice that? We'll go with Mary. Okay, Mary was sweet. Maybe Joseph. But I'm just telling you that he never used anybody who was good. This is the kind of people because the grace is so much greater for the people who have been there. When the grace hits your life and when that transformation, which we don't even know how it works, but you have to experience it when Jesus Christ comes into that life and switches that thing over. And all of a sudden I go from death to life. And all of a sudden I'm gonna be a part of the family. I'm gonna be in the family business. I'm heir to the throne of God. I don't know how all that works, but it changes everything. And Paul was there. He said, I don't even care what I used to be or what I used to do. I don't even care. I have no interest in this world except you. And then he went on to the next, he said, I've been crucified. And the world's interest, interest in me has also died. In other words, I don't really care what you think of me. I have seen heaven. I have been forgiven. So I have no interest in getting ahead of anything except moving people into the family business. And I don't really care what you think of me. That was what, that was, this is where he landed. This is where he landed. This is the guy, watch this. This is the guy that says, you should be happy about COVID. You want me to go there again? This is crazy, isn't it? How many of you like to smack Paul right now? Anybody like to smack Paul? He would say to us, you should be happy about COVID because people know Jesus Christ that would have never known them. That's how he sees things. The world's always, God's always working and moving. This is changing. This is what happens. Isn't it crazy? Is that not crazy? We have to do that stuff. Dear friends, here's what he said. I warn you as temporary residents. He said, y'all have just beamed in a little bit. You're not gonna be here long. You're just beaming you in. And foreigners, why do you act like this is your home? I love this part. We're gonna retire one day. I do, I think that's cool. That's part of America. We get to retire, that kind of thing. But this isn't retirement. This isn't where it's gonna be. We're gonna be with him one day. He says, so you need, to, you need to get used to this and keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Does it not feel like we're at war right now at the world? With everything that's been going on? I feel like I wanna hit somebody. We don't know who to hit. We wanna fight. He said, don't get in that mess. Don't get in it. He said, you're not from here. You're just passing through. Remember who you are. It's kind of neat. Here's how God works real quick. I talked about last week. I think you need to know Anything you do, business, relationship, whatever it is, this is how it works. This is, he used gardening and planting so you guys and me could understand. You understand how that, can you imagine trying to understand God's thinking in our language? So he put it down here as best he could. You plow, plant, and you pick. That's how it works. And before, you, before anything can happen, something's gotta be tore up. That's how it's gotta work. You just can't throw tomato seeds out and it's gonna go. Don't you just love that? Don't you wish that would work? Do you know what's really strange about this world? You don't have to plant weeds. They grow on their own. It's the flowers you have to take care of. I'm in a war with Japanese beetles right now. I'm in a war. Every day I'm looking, I'm gonna get you. I got you. I got you. But I'm saying they're tearing up my roses. I'm just saying, this is how this works. It's plant, it's plow, plant, and pick. And you don't do them all on the same day. He said, here's how it works. Listen to me. Listen and pay close attention. Everybody pay attention? Because if you're gonna do a business, you're gonna have to plow. 
Got to dig it up. Got to start moving. Okay. So listen, pay close attention. Does a farmer always plow and never sow? Well, no. We're not. It, let, let me say this. What we're going through now will not always be like this. It will change. It's the seasons. There are things that happen in seasons. And this plowing is getting ready for the picking. And what's God trying to do? What's God always trying to do? Get more people in the family. Correct? So we're in the family business. If you're in the family business, then you should understand what dad's up to. This is what Paul was trying to tell us. You shouldn't be concerned about all this stuff. And this is what's happening. You should be concerned about what I'm concerned about. And that's people. And that's what he was telling us. Is he, is he forever cultivating the soul, never planting? Does he not finally plant his seeds? Well, of course he does. Now, this dot, dot, dot over here tells you all the crops. Every one of them's different. Everything's got to be handled different. He's talking about all this stuff. He said, each in its proper way. He said, you, ever, you know, when it's time to plant, you're, listen, this isn't a worldwide thing. We're talking about your garden. He's talking about your garden, where you live, where you work. You need to pay attention when the plowing is over, get ready for the planting because they're going to be asking and you're going to have the opportunity, proper way and proper place. This is what happened. Always happens this way. The farmer, just, the farmer knows just what to do. Why? For God has given him understanding. He knows exactly what to do. We're doing it right now. We've been plowed and we're planting. The picking is going to be sometime next year, I would think. I think it's going to be sometime next year. What that means for me, I've seen this happen so many times. You know, I'm the kind of guy that likes to blow up stuff. So I'm glad, you know, I like this because I know what's going to happen. Revival comes through these things. Happens all the time. Go back in history. Look at it in 1918, you know, of all the things that happened. Just walk through the World War I, World War II. Go to Korean War. Just walk through Vietnam. Go through this stuff. Go through it and watch what happens. So we're being plowed and we're planting and the pickings come. The pickings fun. You know what I mean? I think everybody just wants to just, just want to eat strawberries all day. You know, that's so good. Get some watermelon on the weekend. But you can't get there if you don't plow and you don't plant. So he says, here's what I want to tell you. Here's, this is it. This is what he would say to us. Let us not become weary in doing good. Is everybody ready? For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Never give up and you never give in and you never quit. That's why, uh, that's why I, get, I got to do marathon. So I, got to, I got to blow up stuff with you guys. I brought an Easter egg out. I came out of an Easter egg on Easter. Y'all remember that? I put a car on stage. We blew fireworks off the top of the building last night. Boy, y'all so much fun. <laughs> I'm so glad y'all are here. Oh, I don't know what I do with myself. I don't know what I do. I'm just telling you, we're never giving up and we're never quitting and we're gonna to continue to reach more and more people. And I'm so glad y'all are in the building. I'm so glad. And listen, we're gonna keep doing this as long as we can do it. Y'all just be smart, okay? Just be smart. But I wanna tell you something. We never give up and we never give in, ever. Know that God, y'all stand with me. I didn't get to do that. I forgot to do that because you'd be in a car. But you have to remember that this is not all, this is all temporary. Has everybody got that? We're all moving through. And while we're here, we're going to try to get as many people in the family as we can. It's going to be fun. Sometimes it's not as much fun as others. 
The picking's really fun, but the plowing's the hard part. It really is. But Jesus Christ came so that we could be part of the family. And I love people watching online, even, even in here, to experience that. See, I, can't, I can tell you what it, what it did for me and kind of what it felt like, but when the transformation, when Jesus Christ hits your life, it's amazing. It's amazing. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for today. It's just a beautiful day to be back together. I pray you keep us all safe. I really do keep us all safe. And Father, keep moving the kingdom. Just keep moving it. And we're gonna keep, we're gonna keep digging. We're gonna keep planting. We're gonna pick one day. We know we're gonna get to pick. So we know that's coming. This morning, I'm gonna ask a question of all of us while your heads are bowed. If you're watching online, if you'd like to accept Jesus Christ into your life, you wanna, you wanna experience what I've been telling you, pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I ask that you come into my life and change me. Make me a new person. I want to follow you. I ask that you forgive me of my sin. Forgive me for not following you sooner. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose from the dead. Thank you for hearing my prayer and changing my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, if you're watching online, there's going to be a little hand that's going to come out and you can you hit that, click that hand and let us know that you've accepted Christ. And we'd like to hear from you guys. Let us know what's happening. Just find a staff member, somebody, uh, and just let us know if you, want, if you accepted Christ today. Because this has been fun in other ways than just what y'all have and all of us have to experience. But if you're looking at it from the kingdom, this has been a great experience for the kingdom. And we were not even close to being done with it. And I don't mean that to be sad, but that y'all to be glad. It's coming. God's going to, the picking's coming. All right, I'm going to let you have it. If you were encouraged by today's message and made a decision to follow Jesus, be sure to let us know by connecting with us online at marathonchurch.org. If you haven't already, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience more messages, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at marathonchurch.org or download the Marathon Church app. Thanks for listening to the Marathon Church Podcast.